This is Lords of Order, a Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. You can email me at the Dr. Fate podcast at gmail.com. Leave comments at bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate or on Facebook and Google Plus under Lords of Order. The book up for discussion today is More Fun Comics issue 59 from September 1940. And I will spoil this, so there you go, 74 years ago. The story is entitled The Globe Men from Outer Space. It was scripted by Gardner Fox, penciled, inked, and lettered by Howard Sherman. Now, there's a lot of goofy things this issue that caught my attention. I don't know if it was this issue if it was things that I haven't noticed going on with other issues, but there's a couple things, and I'll point out as they uh, as they pop up as I'm flipping through the book here talking about it. Now, I have kind of gotten into reading, you guys, this open narration, or the, the opening narration, and as I read this for the first time in my head, the narrator's voice from the Fleischmann Superman cartoons is the voice I hear when I read these. So that's a little heads up where I'm at when I'm reading these. It says, Dwelling apart from mankind in his lonely tower north of ghost-ridden Salem is the mysterious Dr. Fate, who calls upon secret and ancient sources for the power with which he fights unusual crimes of the present. Now he scans the heavens with his far-seeing eyes. What strange thing does he see there? So we have a little bit more information. Not only is the tower outside of Salem, now it is north of Salem. And the first uh, artistic panel we have is Dr. Fate with his cape billowing around one side and the other side of his cape grasped in the opposite side hand. Clouds behind him billowing in the night sky as he's standing upon one of the turrets of his tower gazing into the night sky. We then see an observatory uh, that is located in Salem as it observes a comet falling that just as the comet hits the Earth's atmosphere, it goes dark. The next panel is that of the comet, which is not a comet, but is an unidentified flying object that looks remarkably like a misdrawn airplane. It's large and hump-backed and thick with short stubby wings. Looks like an airplane. It lands on a an island in the Pacific, in the Oceana region. O- Oceana, I believe is how it's pronounced. I guess that's the area around like Australia and New Zealand and all those little islands down in there. And we have three space uh, peoples walking around, decked out in pointy purple helmets with uh, glass visors of some sort, and green and purple outfits. They're walking across the island, and they see a ship of water, and the other yells, seize it! And so they roll out of their ship a huge machine that emits a ray that is green in color. The ray strikes the the cruise ship that they have spotted and draws the cruise ship towards the island like a big magnet. Well, someone on the cruise ship radios an SOS. The name of the ship is the Garden. They say 
SS Garden Calling being drawn toward Island in Pacific, no known reason, giant searchlight being played on us. And in her penthouse, which must be a new penthouse, because as we know, the old penthouse was destroyed last issue, um, Inza is hearing this SOS. I have no idea why she is monitoring those channels, or even has the capacity to monitor those channels, but she is. So she decides that she's going to communicate with Dr. Fate, and for the first time, we see that she has a crystal ball with a, like an energy ball inside it. And she tells us, he said I must concentrate on him. And then in Dr. Fate's tower, Dr. Fate is looking into a large ball with an orange sphere of energy in it, and see Inza's face, and knows that he must get to her. We don't see that she communicates anything verbally to him. Uh, Much like those communicating stones in uh, Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, whichever one they popped up in, maybe The Hobbit, uh, it's it's a lot like those, I guess, two-way communication through the spheres. So Dr. Fate takes off, zips towards the penthouse of Inza, grabs her up, and is flying to wherever their destination is. And as they are going, she tells him, one of the islands of the oceanic group Ocean Liner magnetized towards it danger, perhaps. Horrid, horrid grasp of the language there. Not sure what was going on with that. So they continue flying. Um, She tells him, you must solve this mystery, Dr. Fate, and once more, and the world. Uh, A little off there. He responds, we shall look into the matter together, Inza. We go to the island where the aliens have beached the boat. They now use this same device and emit a yellow beam upon which they are able to travel to traverse the distance from their island where they're at to the cruise ship itself. And they board the cruise ship. Queer people, these, says one of the aliens. Shoot the monsters. They're from Mars, maybe, one of the men say. Those that are armed draw their firearms, yelling, give up. The aliens produce these spheres of light that we're told strange globes held by the spacemen kill instantly. And we see both males and females uh, being subsequently killed. Inza and Dr. Fate arrive on time. They, he, he notes these spheres as they're being used. He can see from above, even though there seems to be significant cloud cover. I'm not sure how he does that. Dr. Fate says, let's investigate their ship, Inza. But she counters with Dr. Fate, those people on the liner, they'll all be killed. To which he responds, I cannot fight men whose weapons I know nothing about. I must learn what their weapon is from their base of supplies, their spaceship. So, in order to learn more about the aliens, he's willing to let those humans that encounter the aliens die. Kind of cold, in my opinion, but I guess uh, the, the sacrifice of the few for the many kind of thing. So, they're inside the ship, wandering around, looking around. Dr. Fate finds a box that is full of these globes, these spheres that he has seen them holding, and he deduces that that means whatever force they contain fades out in time, because they have refills. 
But as he is uh, further investigating, one of the aliens that we now see is larger, taller, bigger, uh, a chest than Dr. Fate comes up behind him. And Dr. Fate lashes out hand to hand. And he says, at least they respond to a right to the jaw, which seems rather human and pedestrian a thing to say compared to a lot of the other things Dr. Fate has said previously. And he'll, he'll talk like this again a little bit later on. So we're starting to have just some little teeny inconsistencies and in things in this book that I just I haven't noticed in previous issues. But he uh, defeats the, this alien with a resounding sock. Uh, it's in a word bubble there. He says, I have a hunch that the force of their globes is pure electricity. Watch. And he grabs up one of the globes and harnesses the electricity, releasing it into the atmosphere there around them. Knowing their source of power, I'm ready to meet them, he says. Let's go then, ends a response. So they fly out to the ship, the aliens seeing them approaching. They, whatever their spheres, they throw them or cause them to levitate towards Dr. Fate or whatever, but the spheres leave the spacemen aimed at Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate uses the atomic energy within me to break the globes, thus preventing he and Enza from being damaged. Well, at seeing this, the aliens decide to beat feet back down the yellow beam towards their ship to get more globes, it seems. As they are Making their way there, Dr. Fate susses out what they're doing and destroys their spaceship. He just blows it up. He lands with Inza and says, Now neither of us have any weapons, so we're on fair, fairer footing. She says, Destroy them, Dr. Fate. They may have some other weapon. So now we have several panels of hand-to-hand fisticuffs between Dr. Fate and these aliens. Dr. Fate says, I've been in need of a little exercise. Let's play nine pins. And he throws one alien into a bunch of the others. A perfect strike. Again, rather pedestrian and human for one aloof such as Dr. Fate. He grabs up Inza, having uh, apparently defeated all the aliens, flies to the ship, tells them to revive the people as if they were suffering from lightning stroke. Not sure what that is. But apparently in the 40s it was a thing. So that is a way to resuscitate the people. They weren't actually killed. They succumbed to lightning stroke. Dr. Fate, as he is preparing to fly off with Inza, says, I'm Dr. Fate. Those spacemen will die. They are not accustomed to so much oxygen as is in our air. So the defeated aliens are just laying there and they're going to suffocate. But what about that spaceship that drew the liner? Another use of electricity turned it into a giant magnet in the form of light, he says. Using his own atomic power, he pulls the liner back out into the midst of the ocean so that it can continue its voyage. He and Enza presumably go back to the big city where he can drop her off at her penthouse. We see them, we see the ship. Uh, receding in the distance in the in the background and in the foreground of the last panel we see aliens laid on the island presumably dead or dying so a rather macabre or macabre i guess depending on how you want to pronounce that word ending to the story 
Doctor Fate is kind of harsh, but but then having read other forties things, there is quite a bit of harshness at times. I don't know how many people knew that Batman initially was running around with a gun, shooting and killing bad guys. So obviously that's not what he does now, but. Initially, he he did things like that. So I guess it only makes sense that there are going to be other superheroes that do things that nowadays would be considered less than superheroic. All right, guys, next episode we have lined up Earth 2 issue 18 to talk about as we get back into the modern day exploits of Dr. Fate, or as near modern day as we can get. It's on another Earth, but that's as good as we got. So with that, we will see you guys next time. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative 3.0 unported license.